going on people i'm lee detain and you are listening to loud creative podcasts and i'm sat here with mr wizzo yes yes here we are episode one loud creative podcasts pretty exciting times don't you think absolutely um it'd be interesting to see actually how many people have listened to you and i not just on loud creative radio but like just radio yeah. back in the day like like crunch fm radio yeah know? that's that's how throwing it back that? that's throwing it back what 15 16 years ago it must be yeah maybe even more you know it's it's decent we're back on the friday nights as well because that's what i used to do crunch fm friday nights what was it i don't know uh eight no six till eight i think it was yeah Um, six to eight doing the early shift yeah and then the uh seven till eight was what we called the power hour where we just went in and just got the vibes kicking out and then uh yeah and then what? What did we do? Like hit the hit the pub afterwards or something? Yeah. Well, we were usually tanked up on Cronenberg uh, and Relentless. What a mixture um, yeah. to get us through the power hour. Yeah. That, down like, to the boozer. We're like the radio version of the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. No class A's were consumed, but uh, no. plenty of uh, sugar and, and alcohol. I think Relentless probably goes alongside class A's to an extent. Yeah. I, I um, do not want to know what's in that stuff. No, very odd stuff. But yeah, Fridays, man. Friday's always been music day. We used to, what, I come around yours at, what, like three o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. It, and and it was it was quite straightforward. Get in, talk about what music we were going to do, order some Domino's pizza, and then record some music, because obviously that's what we did, and then jump on radio. Yeah. And just do live shows, you know, like what, you know, sometimes three of us, sometimes six of us in a room, one microphone, set of decks yeah i mean that, that that setup i had back here back in uh good old south Ealing. um mm. oh, if i look back at that now it's, it's almost laughable but it was bringing together what what i could at the time um i've got obviously a big shout out to my old man on that actually he brought all mm. of that equipment together for me gave me his expertise and knowledge and we uh somehow fumbled some recordings out of all of that um that were remotely respectable i think and, I'd say out of a, maybe if there were a hundred tracks, I'd say you could probably find five that were good. Um, <laughs> so that's that's a pretty good record. <laughs> it's good going. It's good going. Um, yeah. And then yeah, we'd have every everyone jump in. Um, we'd have the mic set up in the middle of the room. Uh, I'd be at the decks, which was my old desk in my room, which I don't think any studying ever got done on that desk. Um, once I got uh, Robson's. Uh, belt drive decks on there and then we had the uh, computer set up for the recordings and everything yeah it was you, just... you should be you should be grateful that you were sat at the decks because it was like yeah you know us around the watering hole with that microphone it was just whoever could shove their way to the front jump on uh, whether it was emceeing or it was just hyping hosting making whatever noises. it was making noises yeah sometimes it's got to be done i guess yeah but, yeah those were good times, man. Um, I obviously like around that time, I spent a fair amount of time on the microphone um, as opposed to behind it, um, which I kind of prefer now being behind the mm. scenes, like not being on the microphone, like hosting is not my favorite part. Actually, just spinning some tunes is is 
what it's all about for me and obviously that's what you've always done but you've also done like production as well and you started doing that back in the day mm, yeah I mean I I like being behind the scenes from from day I knew that being in front of the mic was not for me and um, wanted to spin the tunes and that's where my real passion was so um, getting the opportunity to do that for, for, for you guys as well and then you know, I was like, do you know what? We need to start producing our own beats. I need to need to get in on the act here and we need to start doing some of this ourselves. And, you know, we're coming for a time of, what are we talking, 2005, six, seven, kind of around that time. And, uh, you know, obviously Grime was a big part of, of, of us and that was, you know, breaking out uh, at that time. And we were like, we need to we need to get in, get involved. And, you know, I was like, right, I'm, I'm going to get on this production vibe and, the amount of versions of uh, FL Studio, cracked versions, all those VSTs that I managed to get hold of, the good old LimeWire days, um, and riddled my computer with uh, loads of viruses to get that software. But it was worth it. I feel like I'm getting a virus just talking about (laughs) LimeWire. Oh, mate, it's... um, Oh, it's shocking. Yeah, that, that... I had every firewall I could get, and it still managed to F up your computer. Absolutely. But yeah, we, we had it all going on back in the day. We were what, like 17, 18, uh, maybe a bit younger even. And we had like all the dynamics. We had obviously, we had quite a few MCs, rappers. We obviously had the DJ and producer. We had a few singers that we could pull on when we needed. Um, you know, we did we did performances. We did albums, mixtapes, um, all sorts. Yeah, so, you know, looking back at your days, uh, what were you known as back then? Really? Um, I was known as Chels. Um, I didn't call myself Chels. Uh, You know, I didn't choose the Chels life. The Chels life chose me. Or should I say, uh, Anz King, the voice, a.k.a. MC Time, uh, was he was good for giving people nicknames. um, And that's what he came out of me, quite simply because I support Chelsea. Yeah. very uh, inventive. A lot that of one. thinking's gone into that one. Um, yeah, and then people would call me MC Chelsea, and I hated that. I, I hated being called MC something. Um, I always tried to veer away from that. But um, and I guess like with you, you're always DJ Wizzo. Uh, nowadays, you're Wizzo. Was was that? Is it the same for you? Did you not want to be DJ Wizzo? Or um, I think it was. I mean. Wizzo kind of came to me. Uh, people just used to call me that and probably a load of other names, but let's save them for, for another time. Uh, <laughs> I can list them if you want. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, obviously my name's Chris Wisby and Wizzo uh, kind of just rolls off the tongue a bit better than Wisby. And um, people kind of, that one stuck and I was, yeah, just rolled with it and I haven't looked back. And yeah, DJ Wizzo was the name and that's what I called myself. But I think now it's just Wizzo and let's leave it as that because... Well, what does this guy do? It's uh, it's it's a bit more open ended. Yeah, true. Because obviously, with DJ, and I, I feel like there's a little bit of um, little bit of confusion sometimes where the term DJ is used, and people think DJ can mean producer, um, which it can, mm. but a DJ and a producer are two completely different things. Massively. Um, and I think sometimes people think if you DJ, you also make beats. If you make beats, you DJ. Um, not necessarily the case. Obviously, for you, uh, you did both. Maybe that's why you wanted to be a bit more vague. Yeah, um, and you jumped on the mic as well, though. I like. Yeah, yeah, I had my feature. I had my uh, fifteen <laughs> minutes of fame. We'll come on to that. I want to touch yeah. on that point you mentioned there that um, 
there's always a hell of a lot of confusion around um, the DJ producer. And, you know, I appreciate not everyone has that knowledge or wants to have that knowledge or cares for that knowledge. But um, it does sort of grind me a little bit when people think that, you know, you by making a beat, you've like DJed and mixed these two tracks together and made this beat. And people sort of quite easily get that confused and um, sort of don't understand the, the sequencer element and the sort of pulling together of loops and samples and, you know, going stripping back to a kick and, and then making your beat from there and getting the snares and kind of pulling all of that element together and then getting your synths and baseline and, and it all, also all those components that you kind of sequence together um, that I think people kind of um, don't quite get. But you know what? That's 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 fine, and we're we're here to to, to do that element and teach people about that. But um, it's uh, yeah, it's always a, a common error that people uh, make, um, and there's definitely more to to both. Uh, DJing is an art form in its own right, and it, just because you DJ doesn't mean you're going to be a good producer, and, and vice versa. I think there's a lot that wouldn't transition over into the other side because they excel at one, um, and it's not yeah, for everyone. Sure. Um, I mean, I I've always liked. DJing um but I never did it obviously like the same way that you did it I did it um kind of behind the scenes for my own personal enjoyment just um mostly virtually uh using software um spinning some tunes and I think at one point I'm sure I tried to take a look at producing some tracks um start to try and put stuff together and realized how difficult it is um and I guess in some ways like you said uh there may be some people who uh, were always producing beats and then started to try and DJ and and found that to be really difficult. But yeah, producing beats was just not for me at all. Um, it, you know, I, I thought I had the makings to be able to make a good beat like in my mind and and know what I'm after. But um, actually doing it is a whole different mm. ball game. Yeah, and it's it's that sort of time and effort you've got to put in. And I think it only really works when you kind of have that technical know-how. You have the creative sort of creative side um you have the the ability to kind of get software um you know as i say earlier there was a lot of uh, cracked versions floating around on the internet so you could do it on a very shoestring budget uh these days it's a completely different ball game and you do mm. have to you know have the be fortunate enough to be able to buy a lot of this software um and it kind of is all those various components that go into making good music and just having that ear um you know I look back at some of those beats that I produced uh, and think, why? How did I ever um, turn that into an MP3? That needs yeah. like to go back in and probably become out a completely come out of the other side a completely different beat. Because um, yeah, it's it's interesting how your ear develops over the years, and I think that's something I've really appreciated in in recent times. Sort of getting back into that side of thing that my ear is is not the ear I had 15 years ago. Um, I think you kind of get that knowledge and experience from listening to music um mm -hmm. and it kind of develops you and your understanding so uh yeah i, I want to just go back a quick second because we uh, mm. we skirted off the um, topic of names and i'm just going to draw us right back for one moment so if you weren't going to be called mc Charles, what were the other names i have absolutely no idea um i don't know no i can't think there of any other names no I feel like you're telling me there were, um, and it's not coming to my head. Um, go on, enlighten nah, me. Nah, nah, nah. It was a genuine question. Um, I, I, okay. I didn't have a, I didn't have an ulterior motive, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think I ever 
because you know some people were like emceeing and stuff like that and it I don't think it was anything that I planned to do I think if I recall I think I had once written a song and it derived from writing um like scripts and stuff and and then I took to trying to write a song and I thought it came out pretty decent I remember kind of doing a rough recording uh, at my house just to see how it would sound and then thinking actually I feel like I'm okay at this um, and then seeing other people around me kind of doing it and I, I can't recall the first time I actually decided to try it um, I remember rec- recording like the first handful of songs I ever did um, one being with you uh, I think maybe we did two tracks in one day if I recall um, one was one by myself and another one was with um, a contact of yours, Stallion Kid. Mm, um, yeah, shout out Stallion. And he, he, he came through with like energy, charisma, confidence. And I kind of bounced off that. And I was like, yeah, this guy is serious. Like, um, And you could see what you could be if you kind of went with that. And another was um, I went and recorded with uh, a guy called J.M. Moore, um, oh, who was obviously, yeah. he, he ended up doing bits. Like, you know, he was... Uh, singer dancer he had it all going on producer um he did a track with joe budden didn't we go like, to that house in like northwest london like harrow or did, somewhere did you go there as yeah, well yeah, yeah. yeah we went there yeah, and yeah. I, I, I always remember going there and being like wow like i was just amazed by like the level of quality coming out from that stuff he was unreal and i went with jk the first time and me and jk did this track together and being with J.M. Moore, kind of, yeah, it's just being around people sometimes who have been there and done it more than you. And the stuff that he would come at, he would say like, oh, try this. Or what about this? Or instead of saying this, why don't you say this? And then he was one of those kind of producers that liked to, you know, I guess like a, you know, the DJ Khaled type of guys that like to drop a little something in the track, like vocally as well. And I remember him just kind of doing like little bits. He was like, hang on, just stay quiet for a sec pulled the microphone forward and he's just like yeah yeah okay okay and I was like what is he doing and then when you heard it back it was like that literally has transformed yeah. the song um and yeah people like that is is crazy it, it, it's um, that ear that we just didn't have at that age I don't think just to know like yeah. those ad-libs what they can do to attract them and yeah I remember Absolutely. I'm sure he did something else and it's it's vaguely coming back to me from you saying that but yeah he did other little bits of little tricks and tips that he just kind of just recorded a little sound and you just threw that in and it was just phenomenal. It was just, uh, yeah, completely twisted those tracks around. The first time um, I recorded with him, because we went a, a few times actually, and I remember feeling the pressure because I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. Even I was with JK and I was like, you know, JK has like, been singing and doing all sorts of stuff for a long time. And I felt quite a high amount of pressure. And I remember going to rap one line um, and uh, I can't remember exactly what the words are, but it was something I was lying in my bed. And as I went to say it, I said I was lying in my bread. And <laughs> he just stopped it and then was just absolutely dying of laughter. And he was just like, I, I always remember it. And he was just like, hmm, hovis, cozy, uh, like cozy. And, and you know what? In some ways it helped because I was just like, actually, this guy is serious, but he's not serious to a degree like come on hurry up sort of thing yeah and and then after that yeah it was just I realized actually um being afraid of kind of stepping in front of these other people that you don't know is is the opposite of what you want to do like actually exposing yourself to these uh moments to these conversations to 
whatever is is only going to take you further even if it's a bad experience it's yeah. going to take you further so it's all it's all education isn't it so uh mm. you learn from it i don't miss making music in a way um i think occasionally something comes up maybe like a really especially grime as well when i hear a really hot beat i'm like ah, oh, like imagine jumping on this with like with mc time or or robson or some, yeah. something like that um and I think, like, yeah, I reckon we could, you know, do a little something. Bring the band still. back together. Yeah, and and obviously, like, where we've been doing all these kind of radio sets, and sometimes where there's these sets that are a bit more like hyped and stuff, I think, you know, there could be a place for that, you know, on a one-off occasion, like you spinning tunes, uh, like me and Anne's King jumping on a mic, maybe a couple others. Um, just for fun, seeing if we've still got it in the locker, have a few beers, mm. grab some pizza. Because um, those those were the days, you know, as, as cliched as it is to say. Yeah, it's because, you know, making the beats back then, you know, my sole goal was just to make beats for you guys. And I would like be wanting to get the next beat out and just hear the reaction from people and be like, yeah, I want to jump on it. I've got an idea for that. I've got an idea for this beat. We're going to go down this avenue. We're going to try this. I mean, mm. all of the different tunes that we did over the years, I mean, how many topics we must have covered. I mean, the one that stands out for me, I think, every single time, because I love the beat, I was when I did I the saw, I did the saw track, yeah. um, <laughs> and I chopped that up. I, we did the intro. Um, I, I learned the piano chords for that. I had a MIDI mm. keyboard, and I learned how to play the piano section of that. You know, not very well, and thankfully, uh, Fruity Loops um, got that sort of leveled up and lined up for me nicely, but... Um, and then we yeah did the beat and we had the, it was on this it was about the seven seven bombings which was huge mm -hmm. in, at, at that time um, for, obviously and um, you know living in London was like a really strange time for us but yeah we did that beat as a bit of a kind of I don't know it's kind of like a in memory of of what had happened because it was it was a little bit after I think obviously the event it wasn't at the time but it was shortly after. July 2006, many people left their homes in London to go to work, making their journeys using public transport, buses, trains. Turn on the microphone and give me two minutes to tell them this, yeah, that bear was a terrorist, sat at home watching the news. I think it was mainly just because we liked to stay topical, didn't we? Mm. It, was, it was never just like, oh yeah, let's just make a random beat yeah. and then me jump on and be like, I got bars. It was always kind of like, yeah, let's, it was an aim. let's, yeah, like let's kind of pay attention to what's going on or, or what topic should we do next. There was always kind of like a bit more thinking and that one in particular was one that I remember us sitting down for ages. Like, it took us a long time to put that one together and but it shows and I think that was, if, if I could go back and say uh, to our younger selves what to do differently, it would be to take your time. Um, it would be to, you know, take a bit longer um, sit down, write these things together, give it a little bit of time, come back to it a week or two later, record it, listen to it for a bit before you stick it out there, come back again, add some more stuff yeah. to it. I think we're, you know, naturally, like around that time, it was all about kind of, you know, the get things done get quickly, yeah. get stuff out there. Um, I think, yeah, that's one of the things you learn when you when you grow up You is patience is is, is, is so key. Have, have that patience and don't just go, let me get that out there for the sake of it, actually. Let's work on it a little bit. Um, but, you know, that we were, we were younger, so it was just natural, wasn't mm. it? Um, 
and obviously we did we actually did an album together um and i remember a lot more effort going into that even like the intro uh like sound effects that we mm. were kind of coming up with um and samples and scripts and stuff like that um it was a lot of fun uh, obviously that kind of world is pretty much gone for us but it was fun i'm glad we did it and uh, you know it's it's there on cd um and you know you can never kind of take that away it's, we, it's we, did, we, did, we even went to the lengths of doing like album an album shoot didn't we we did an album shoot was, with your dad yeah. we went all around south Eland and brentford brilliant. down to the, the the river um got all sorts of different shots and the main one was at a bus stop, obviously. Yeah, 65. <laughs> 65 bus stop, of course. Hold tight. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, we we did. We were down at Kew, we were down at Brentford, down at uh, Green Dragon, all, all of the uh, local hotspots. Um, ends. Ends, ends. Yeah. We had to keep it real, innit? Yeah, obviously. we were real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that all of that stuff was fun, man. That was what it was all about back in the day, though. Yeah, um, yeah. And I like, yeah, then... I think after that, I, you know, Crunch FM kind of had its time. And mm. I think, you know, my music taste um, kind of moved in the direction of drum and bass. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was always drum and bass. I think, you know, uh, from from those sort of college days, listening to tape packs uh, in, in classes and, um, uh, you know, go, getting into the drum and bass mixing and things. But I think, you know, we, we through the beat making and through Crunch FM, it was predominantly grime and garage. Um, and then, you know, after that, I went on to kind of do Naked Beats Radio, and um, which was another yeah, online that. station. Um, I think you may have jumped on that once or twice, but that was predominantly me just spinning drum and bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, was, I got the opportunity to kind of play on a few nights, you know, some friends that had put on local nights and things. So it was that was part of the sort of learning experience, you know, playing early doors on a, on a night or whatever, you know, you might not be playing to a lot of people, but then you've got the opportunity to play to sort of bigger events. Um, some of the events in Kingston as well, which were mm. stand out. And um, yeah, it was all, all really good um, sort of character building, shall we call it. <laughs> and obviously um, you're, you haven't mentioned it, I guess maybe a modest uh, approach if you like, but you did actually warm up for someone quite, quite big. <laughs> anyone listening to this may have seen uh may have seen me share a photo recently because it just you know one of these things pop up um but yeah wiley um whatever you're not it's not a bad person yeah whatever, whatever your views your are on, are him on him now might i add a disclaimer <laughs> um uh you know wiley and skepta back in 2009 that was and uh yeah that was that was a real highlight just getting to play a grime set before before they jumped on stage um, I think there was a couple of Aussie rappers who were definitely out their depths in terms of, of like the music, <laughs> but you know they needed another warm up, and you know they weren't bad um, by any stretch. Um, but uh, yeah, it was definitely a slightly different genre. But that was that was brilliant. I was actually speaking to um, my mate Isaac, uh, who was there that night recently. He, he'd seen the photo, and um, he said to me, "Do you remember when we went afterwards? We, we went to a club. Uh, we were in the car park, mingling with Wiley and Skepta and all these girls who were as you do. were trying to to sort of mingle with with these two superstars, if you wanted to call them that at the time. And um, then we we, we, we were going to make a, a move to a club, and we, we sort of walking down the street and that. And then there was like blood all over the floor outside this club. Like there must have been a fight or something before that. And mm. Wiley." 
you know, he turns around and goes, nah, 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 I'm not getting in there. I'm getting out of it. And just got in a cab and left. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, yeah, quite a funny one that he, uh, the Godfather, um, decided to that Perth in Australia was too rough for him. Um, yeah. But yeah, good memories. You know, he's obviously you know one to play it safe, eh? Absolutely. Less said the better. Yeah. Less said yeah. the better. Yeah. Like he said at the at the start, the disclaimer was already dropped, so we'll we'll leave it there. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Looking back, I mean, at that time everyone was putting on nights as well, and there were so many events just constantly. Mm. I mean, you know, that was our prime days of raving and things, and people were, you know, uh, yeah. I was grateful for other people putting me on the roster and and that, and it was it was great, you know, um, to to play on some other nights with drum bass DJs and things. So um, yeah, really, really fond memories of that time. Um, and and then what? Did it just stop? Did it? peter out a little bit did it uh you know did the passion go or did other things just step in or or what i think i think it was that sort of growing you know i don't want to say growing up because that makes dj and the music sound like it's something you grow out of because you never really yeah. grow out of it and i feel to say that oh i kind of grew up and you know i think part of it would be like it's a society thing though isn't it it's like a you know society tells you that you have to do certain things at certain 100%. ages and none of none of that includes being a DJ, being a rapper, being a, you know, anything, you know, mainly creative yeah. because they're, they're seen as pipe dreams. Um, and actually it's like, you've got to get your nine to five now. You've got to start acting like an adult. Um, yeah. And apparently kind of being creative and doing music and stuff is, is not that. But ironically, now that we're older, <laughs> we're, we're back doing music. And we're in the middle of a pandemic and we both probably realise that actually music is a saviour and has saved many people Trust through me. this year. Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those things that um, obviously is is never a good thing, but you can take silver linings out of it, and you, you know you can out of any bad situation. I guess it's up to you how you can deal with it. And in this instance, yeah, it was a terrible situation in the pan uh, with the pandemic, people on lockdown, nothing to do, and you're kind of like, well, what what do I do? And then you start thinking about, you know, what what do I enjoy? What's my passion? And and then, yeah, music kind of cropped up and, and then you suddenly just see how many people jumped on the bandwagon and were like, yeah, I'm so down for this. You yeah. know, this is something that I'm enthusiastic about, passionate about, want to get involved in or just want to listen to. Mm. Yeah, and that's it. And it, you kind of see that and everyone kind of needed that. And I think, it, you know, with Loud Creative coming at the time it did, I think it gave everyone a real outlet and a real focus, um, you know, I don't want to look back on this year and go, I only watched Netflix for the whole year and that was it, yeah. you know, and I get, you know, I'm not going to, um, you know, look down upon anyone for, for taking no, that no. approach because everyone's got to get through this in, in whichever way they can, um, 100%. But I, I think the fact that this was kind of born out of it, you know, we, I, did, I didn't realise how much I needed this. Um, and I think mm -hmm. that creative side, you know, we, we go to work and we kind of do our jobs and, you know, some people work in creative and there is creative um, elements to my role, definitely. But actually having that to put that to one side and, you know, when you get you get home or you are at home in a pandemic, you know, you can kind of just flick open the laptop, start working on a beat or you're, you've got the show that night and, you know, you're interacting with a lo with the audience and you're having good banter with people and you just forget about everything else for, for an hour or two. And I think that's what it's given. And, you know, absolutely, I, I guess... For example, you know, you, you, this kind of came, the battles came out of kind of looking at other platforms and going, well, why, why don't we get a bit of the action? And, and it, that's mm. how it all sort of started, right? 
Yeah, basically hearing kind of um, a few places put on this artist versus that artist or, or that type of vibe anyway. And here, you know, I think with a lot of these kind of things, often what people tend to do is sit there and think that they can do it better themselves, um, but never do it. And I think there was just a, a, an opportunity where it was just kind of like, could we do this better? And just gave it a pop and everyone enjoyed it and just kept rolling with it but you know obviously we've we've both done radio in in lots of different ways um i've done a lot of hosting radio mm. uh when i was at university yeah, um which is a, a i guess a lot more similar to to this side of things but i wasn't actively djing it was more just kind of like you'd hit play on the track that you yeah. want to play and you know you'd queue up the adverts and stuff like that and rather than actually you know spinning or anything like that um and that was, you know, that was a great time. I really enjoyed doing that. But then, yeah, kind of similar to what you were saying, once the, you know, once you step out of university, people, you know, some people ask me kind of, well, what are you going to do? Like you could do like hospital radio. That's always mm. a good bridge before getting into, you know, potentially a, a big radio station. Um, and I was just kind of like, yeah, I think where I started working, I just didn't get that impression, even though it was a creative industry. I just, I felt like that, part of my life was almost being looked at as childish. I actually mm. remember, um, I don't even know if I, I mentioned this to you, but there was an occasion um, at my work where someone tried to like, uh, basically sent around the old uh, MySpace link. Oh yeah, oh MySpace, um, we haven't even mentioned MySpace, yeah, you know. <laughs> I know, um, but someone sent around my old MySpace page. Now this is obviously now a good few years out of date and sent it to a bunch of people at work and was just like, ha ha ha, look what I just found. And was trying to like oh, really? stick it on me a bit, um, like so. I felt like I should have been embarrassed by it, um, but actually, it kind of had the reverse effect. Um, even th this was in particular was more like rapping stuff, which I was a bit more keen to step away from that kind of uh, life, if you like. <laughs> um, but um, it had the reverse effect because actually, quite a few people were like, um, "I listened to those songs; they're actually really good." Blah blah. So it was that was quite nice, but. The radio side of things, um, I absolutely love doing more than making music. Um, but yeah, because of attitudes like that, I was kind of just like, yeah, I, I need to grow up, if you like. Yeah. Um, and I'd say that's like my biggest regret was kind of dropping that. Okay. Um, not only just doing the radio, but where I did really enjoy making like mixes, f literally for myself. I never shared them with anyone, um, but I'd sometimes listen back to them. Uh, you know, sometimes it's only be like five tracks or something. Uh, and it's so much better than listening to a playlist mm. when something's been nicely blended together. Um, I really regret not kind of like even just personally, just, you know, coming back home and doing stuff and not telling mm -hmm. anyone. I wish I had done more of that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you can't change the past. You can only do what you can do now. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I can definitely echo, echo that in that I kind of wish I had <laughs> stuck at it and not let life get in the way or whatever else and um, kind of persisted a bit more with, with everything. And, um, you know, it almost feels like picking it up again, but actually a number of years have gone in by in that time and a lot has happened. Um, but, you know, for, for, for whatever reason, you know, your life's gone that way and, and here we are. And, you know, Loud Creative is, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot 
you know, in the pipeline with this. And I think it's exciting to see where this can all go. And I think, you know, all of that is just given us that kind of foundational experience to go, you know, that was when we were younger life. We did this, that, the other. And then here we are in, in 2021 um, in the middle of a pandemic still. And we're, um, you know, this has been born out of that. And um, it's, it's a real positive mm -hmm. step. I mean, I just got a look at how you know technology has moved on so much and how it much easier it is to do things like that and how it how it much easier it is to reach out to audiences i mean social media these days um we had none of that when we did it i know and I know. It's, it's crazy that, that that kind of blows my mind you take that for granted now how easy you can get things out to people and you know all right we had myspace and and whatnot but you kind of had what do we have like high five and things like that um yeah. and these other i was never a bebo man nah. personally high five was my jam yeah yeah definitely um, and you just you and... couldn't really reach out to people and i think the music industry as a whole you know how easy you can actually be at the other end of a dm to a dj or a producer and if they happen to right. read a message from someone you know it's crazy those that's the sort of scale of it but back in back in the day there was none of that yeah for sure uh, yeah the grind was totally different um like you said especially talking about like a dj or someone that you could get in contact with there was just no way that you were going to get in that situation i think that's why you'd see like things on tv or like you'd hear stories of so and so bumps into you know this record label owner or something like that or and and they would basically just throw themselves at them and be like you've got to listen mm. to this please just listen to this um because they know that's that's their shot whereas nowadays it's like the hustle's different you know you yeah, you could literally put something up on Instagram and a friend who's well-connected could tag a friend and boom, mm. done. It could happen like that. I'm not saying it yeah. does, but it, it could um, and will have done. It's like people putting out their mixtapes. I mean, it, gone, gone are the days of physically burning CDs and standing on corners of streets or going up Oxford Street mm. and trying to shift a mixtape. You know, you can have that up on Spotify and Tidal if you want to quite easily um, and have it out to the masses. Um, so, you know, it's kind of that whole culture of music and the demand and the now nowness of it, if that's even a real word to use. But, you know, <laughs> the, the um, that demand for music and new music is, is so different as well. And I think, you know... Thinking back to, to when, when we were DJing, you know, getting those tunes as we touched on, you know, like the likes of LimeWire to try and get those MP3s. But yeah. physically buying vinyl was like the biggest luxury and the biggest, like, mm -hmm. biggest load of excitement for that week to be able to go down to Banquet Records and, um, you know, pick out the vinyl. And, 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 you know, you only had, say, 20, 30 quid max to, to spend and yeah. you had to be selective about your music and get the latest tracks. Uh, e EMA money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, spunking. You weren't eating food for that week, trust me. Um, nah. It was about getting the records, but it was it was kind of like that, you know. It was um, just yeah, using any bit of money. You know, we were, I think we were sort of part time jobs and trying to use every bit of money from that to kind of buy music. Whereas now you you don't need any of that, and you can. You can have a Tidal account, a Spotify account, and other, mm. other uh, companies are out there um, uh, and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so much easier to do that I these days. I think we should, um, we should do a podcast and talk about uh, DJing then versus DJing now because I think that people will be aware to an extent, but probably if you're not in the kind of music world, yeah. I think there's so much that people would be interested to know. I think we should do that. Um, 
we ain't got enough time for no, that today. No, I think we um, can go into that topic in, in, in some depth, and I'm sure there's a few others yeah. that would like to join us on that one. So, um, yeah. We'll, we'll... Before we duck out, though, um, just a random one. You mentioned part-time jobs. What's the most embarrassing job that you've had? Um, it could have been a single day or, or a permanent job or a whatever. <sighs> Have you got anything on the list that's a bit like, I can't believe I did that? Or um, I'd say my shortest job, and you've probably done this for a reason, but my shortest job was working at um, O'Neill's in Richmond. And I literally <laughs> did like one shift. Um, and it was like a 3am finish. And it absolutely, like at that age, I was, I'd done like some crazy long shift. I'm sure it was barely legal for me to work in the pub until those hours. But anyway... Um, and uh, yeah, the rumours went round after that I couldn't pour a Guinness, and that's why I got sacked. <laughs> yeah. But, Did you actually get sacked? Because I know the rumours were that you got sacked, and there was a running joke for a long time. Wizard got sacked from O'Neill's. Nah, I, I can safely say it was because I got a better opportunity to to go elsewhere, um, and thankfully that opportunity came along, and I did that for a couple of years was, after. Was it? Was it Finnegan's? <laughs> Step up in pubs, <laughs> grotty yeah. pubs. Um, but yeah, I think that was probably that. But you know, we've done retail, sports shops. Um, that was my mm. that was my forte. Yours was um, prams and nappies, right? Trust me. Um, the irony is obviously mine's mine's more embarrassing. If you like, my first job was at Mothercare, um, and very interesting job. However, um, I you know one of the people that I worked with there was someone who got me very much into music. Aside from you, uh, which is J.K. who I mentioned earlier. Um, and that was where I first properly met him. Um, so if I didn't do a job like Mothercare, uh, I might not have done the studio time with Jay Moore and so on and so forth. And Everything you know, happens for a done, reason, eh? Done, that's it. Those uh, nappies and pushchairs. And I'm telling you, that experience came in handy as well. <laughs> yes, so, uh, um, all these years later. <laughs> trust me, RIP Mothercare. I think it's nearly gone. Um, there or oh. thereabouts, but yeah. Yeah, Um different conversation for a different time yeah we'll do the one for the for the mums and dads uh, another time loud creative uh, yeah childcare. i think that's something that we should probably do a podcast about is what it was like to dj back yeah. in the day by comparison to what it's like djing now because maybe to like the average person who's not that into the the world of music um, you wouldn't really know the major differences. Um, obviously, people probably know that vinyl is old school, but do they know what, what is now yeah. and, and what actually went into DJing back in the day by comparison to what you can do now? Absolutely, and I think that's sort of, we can talk about some of the technology that's available now and how, how mixing has moved on so much in, in the space mm-hmm. of, say, that 15 years, let's call it, since we were last sort of doing this sort of stuff. Um, I think, yeah, it's moved on massively, so... Yeah, I think we, we yeah. could really delve into that topic and uh, that'd be... Definitely. And obviously, uh, just for you that are listening, um, we're not just going to be doing music. We've got a whole host of things that we're going to be talking about. And equally, it's not just going to be Wizzo and I doing the channel. Nope. We're going to have a lot of different guests on, a uh, huge amount of different topics and subject areas. Um, you know, we've got some mental health, some men's health stuff. Some music stuff, obviously, looking forward to talking with some unsigned yeah. artists and so, talking about their music. We're going to get hopefully get some, some gaming chat on the go, um, some mm-hmm. sports chat, no doubt. Um, yep. Hopefully get a couple of guests in to, 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 that are better on some of those areas than we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but of course, we will. Uh, we've got plenty of music to talk about as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 
Well, um, I guess that's probably bringing the first episode to a close. Um, yeah, uh, it, I think uh, yeah, it's just quite a success after that uh, that advert we did. Yeah, um, probably more successful than the advert. It's easy to just just chat when it's uh, something that you're passionate about. Um, Definitely. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing more of these, and we've got some serious topics to talk about. So I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, nice one. Right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Hope you've enjoyed it too. And we'll do this again sometime soon. Please subscribe on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And also check out www.loudcreativeradio.co.uk.